Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the NXT 205 Live May Young Classic Recap Show on FightfulSelect.com. And tonight is a special night because this was the very first evening that 205 Live was broadcast on a Wednesday night just before NXT. And to celebrate that, Fightful has decided to make my weekly recap show free accessible to everyone to get a taste of what you can get when you are subscribed to fightful.com uh fightfulselect.com i should say because you can go to fightful.com without a subscription you know you, you get all your combat sports news right there all your exclusive all the scoops get all of those over there but then maybe you want a little extra you want some uh, you know some add-ons some uh, some extra little stuff, you know, just to sprinkle over your your weekly uh, or daily consumption of, of of wrestling content. Well, FightfulSelect.com has all of that for you. I know a lot of you are probably watching right now. They're joining us in the chat. Glad to see you all here. Perhaps you're already members. But for those of you who are not, since this is a free preview, you know, you can, after this is done, you can go check out all the great uh, is content and stuff that you get to get a ton of members only podcasts you get my stuff every week sean rossap managing editor of, of uh, fightful.com fightfulwrestling.com he does with me we do a retro pay-per-view every month um uh, right every month <laughs> recently we did tna unbreakable we did uh, SummerSlam 1992 we have ecw one night stand 2006 in the can that'll be coming out in october sean also does the weekender podcast which he does at the end of the week you get it and he reviews the uh, week in wrestling news talks about uh non-wwe programming lucha underground ring of honor new japan uh, uh impact I was about to forget impact uh, being the elite 12 pounds of gold. Uh, you get Q and a sessions Q and that Sean just, he released a new one today for members. You get sneak peeks and previews. 
first look, first looks at releases that are coming up on the site. Look, you get a ton of stuff. Go take a look. FightfulSelect.com is your place to be. And it starts just at $5 a month. That's not much to show your support for a fantastic site. But why don't you go do that if you aren't doing it already? Guys, we have got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, bringing 205 Live over to Wednesday and then giving us the show that they did tonight, plus that main event on NXT, plus a very solid round, a couple of rounds of competition for the uh, May Young Classic, created a wonderful tri- tri- uh, triumvirate of ours. Is that how you pronounce it? Triumvirate? Three hours, anyway, of professional wrestling that was something that you just you just you just sit back and you enjoy and i sit back enjoy and also take notes along the way (laughs) let's get right to it 205 live they start with a pretty long recap of the uh alexander cedric alexander and drew gulak feud um which is fine which i think was good uh considering that uh i think it was a good idea considering the fact that uh, uh this was the first night that they were being broadcast on wednesday so perhaps they were assuming that there were going to be some new listeners maybe people trying it out because that's just you know just luck of the draw so they want to give a good old-fashioned overview of the feud so it, it was a bit long in the tooth it can be a little more succinct than that, but it was fine. I think I, I think that that's what the objective was. Commentary was really hyping it up as a big, big match, and it was. For me, I just wanted it to be better than their SummerSlam match. But our evening of 205 Live begins with TJP versus Lindsay Dorado. Vic, uh, during commentary, announces that the motto of Lucha House Party is stay ready. Boy, that... That's a motto that's going to sell you some merch. Let's put that on a t-shirt, boys. That's uh wow. That's a motto to live by. You get some high-flying moves off the get-go, getting TJP uh, into an arm bar. Lindsay also hits a nice tilt-a-whirl backbreaker by Lindsay. It seems to me that over the past couple of days of WWE programming, I think we've seen a, a t- tilt-a-whirl backbreaker like every evening. Just, I don't know why. It just stuck out to me this week. TGP gets a guillotine in the ropes uh, to start battling back. He hits a top rope cross body block on Lindsay. Lindsay goes for a body block, but uh, TJP just sh- just shoves him out of the way, puts him into a lock and uh, into a, a leg lock, and just yanks it down really severely. Um, he does his uh, he does some suplex suplex he he does a suplex, then rolls into a back suplex. TJP does. Uh, TJP works Lindsay into, uh, into submissions and into a butterfly lock. Um, those of you who are familiar with my work, whether it's, uh, here on fightful.com or over at my own YouTube area, tinyurl.com, Mr. Warren slash Mr. Warren Hayes, you know that there are certain moves that I, I really don't care for in wrestling. I don't like bear hugs. Uh, I don't like the stupid uh, top rope jumping on the chest while someone is cutting a tree of wo- a tree of woe thing, and I don't like butterfly locks. Butterfly locks do not look painful, and I don't know if it's 
if it's just the fact that I've never really seen a proper one, which could be. I hadn't seen TJP pull one out in a while, so I was paying particular attention to it because the most recent ones I had seen were by Yoshihashi during the G1. By the way, my G1 recaps are also available on uh, on FightfulSelect.com. So if you don't have time to watch the entire G1, you know, you can... You can you just you just power up the fightful.com fightfulselect.com uh machine and you find your boy Warren. I got you covered. But my <laughs> Yoshihashi used it quite a bit. I don't like it. It just doesn't look like a good credible submission move. It just looks silly. I never liked it. Uh, we have some uh, slow grounded offense by TJP, which is fine because, of course, he's he's the heel. That's what he, what it's what he's supposed to do. Lindsay eventually battles back, hits a suicide dive to the outside. Nice top rope moonsault. He hits a super kick. A super kick. TJP is in the corner, goes after him with the Bronco Buster. He starts struggling in the middle of the ring, and TJP removes Lindsay's mask. Oh, the levels, the levels of disrespect here. That's actually kind of shocking, though. You know, when you're, uh, when you're, um, when you have even the most remote knowledge of, of Lucha Libre, you know how important the mask is. And I was finding it interesting, you know, that they were, you know, they were putting over the mask thing a lot during the evening. And that was why he pulls the mask off. So Lindsay then tries to hide his head and, and that, of course, you know, that's enough distraction for TJP to get to get the three count on uh, on Lindsay. Uh, and TJP steals his noisemaker, which I, which I'm completely fine with. I'm I, I'm not a fan of the noisemakers. They're it's a uh, it's not a it's not a it's not a babyface uh, thing, guys. And uh, Lindsay goes after him, so perhaps this will continue as far as a feud goes which is interesting this was actually a pretty good match to start off um you know i kind of wonder what happened to the angle that they were doing with tjp for a couple of couple of weeks leading up to i think it was leading up to noam dar's return you know where tjp was threatening to leave 205 live you know and saying maybe you know on smackdown they'd want me maybe on raw you know i thought that they would actually build more and more on that as he was saying i was i'm looking for competition you know uh uh, you're just giving me these jabronis to fight. I want real people. Then Noam Dar returns. Was was that sufficient competition for TJP? I thought that was a nice direction that they were giving him. I'm kind of disappointed that they just that they just dropped it like that. Uh, but if they're going to work into a program with uh, with Lindsay, I'm fine with that. Backstage we have. Leo Rush and uh, Drake Maverick were chuckling about their pay grade, their their pay upgrade since they started over on Raw. <laughs> no, that's not what they were talking about. But that's the first thing that popped into my popped into my head. Um, Leo says that he can't compete against Noam Dar tonight because of his uh, his commitments on Raw. And Drake says, you know, basically says, you know, I have commitments on Raw too, and I have to fulfill mine here as well. And same thing for you, Buster. And uh, you'll be fighting them. You'll be fighting Noam Dar next week. And if you don't, there'll be consequences. And then I'm sorry, I sort of got going like this. And mm, are we sort of building to a a, a Drake Leo Rush feud? That would actually be really good because uh, Rockstar Spud he's capable. We're still backstage again, 
And this time, Drake Maverick is with Mustafa Ali, uh, who basically, you know, swerves him. You know, we all think that he's not going to allow Mustafa Ali to to wrestle anymore, even though he's medically cleared. I didn't quite get the, you know, the basic gist of this this thing because he was cleared. He was medically cleared last week to wrestle. Then this week, he needs Drake's permission, but he wrestled last week. And he's got the doctor's paper. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's cleared to wrestle next week. He's going to get his chance to get some revenge on Hideo Itami. And I'm actually kind of hoping that Hideo gets the upper hand here again. Maybe keeps uh, Mustafa, uh, maybe hurts him a little more. I like, I, I, you know, Mustafa is, he's very charismatic. He connects very easily. You could really, really do the struggling baby face underdog here very very easily but we'll see what happens next week main event time already no um none of these uh no showcase match in the middle which is usually the formula for 205 live but i think it's probably because since it's it's it seems to be taped right after smackdown live if it's the same thing as last year or last time with the mixed match mixed match challenge they they did the mixed match mixed match challenge then did 205 live and 205 live would always be shorter during that period so uh, it it wasn't a particularly long episode tonight but but this was a a nice match that had a lot of time to breathe drew gulag versus cedric alexander for the cruiserweight title there's a nice reaction from the audience as this match begins with actual let's go cedric chance so probably you know the audience understands a way get you know the audience probably connects more to cedric than i do with him uh lots of measuring up to begin with Ke- uh, at first kendrick distracts cedric and that allows gulak to go for the gulak which is again as i always say a terrible name dragon sleeper um straight out the bat so you know uh, so right off you know we're like oh the numbers game is the numbers game going to come and uh is going is it going to be a factor in this match no it is not because a little later on kendrick trips uh, cedric alexander so blatantly that the referee could not miss it and you know in any other match or any other situation that would have actually been a dq because that was it was a nice he Cedric face planted hard. I would have just thrown this match out and said, "No, we're done here. Winner by disqualification." <laughs> that would have I, I you couldn't end it here, but that was reason enough for the ref to kick Kendrick and Gallagher, who had accompanied Drew Gulak to the ring. I forgot to mention that, but both of them were there. They got kicked out. Cedric takes advantage then at this point uh, because. Um, Drew is distracted with all these uh, shenanigans of him, of his boys being tossed. He gets some explosive offenses and covers Drew early, but just for a one count. Uh, Alexander is in control for actually the bet for the first. He's in control for the better part of the first third of this match. He and he asks, he's actually using a ground game against Gulak. And here's pretty much the story of this match here. Um, you know, Drew attempting to get some some offense in his own ground offense and not being extremely successful. Uh, Cedric is prepared. He was well scouted. 
and is even using some ground tactics on the submission expert. So that was an interesting story that was told with, throughout and which was actually very successful for uh, Cedric Alexander because he had a very, I would dare say, surprisingly dominating performance here. Um, Gulak hits a, uh, a back body driver that, uh, that drops Cedric on his neck and that helps him get control for a little while. He has Cedric in an arm lock, who, but he battles back with an arm drag. But Gulak holds on to the bar, the, the arm bar. Alexander suplexes Gulak. All right. Alexander, Cedric Alexander, suplexes Drew Gulak over the top rope. Drew Gulak lands on the outside on his feet. And then Alexander follows him, still holding the suplex move this whole time, lands on his feet on the other side, positioned to deliver the the suplex to Drew, 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 Gulak, Drew Gulak on the mat. That was awesome. And it was a sign of things to come. But as far, that was your spot of the night, folks. Such fantastic wing, ring awareness by both these guys. That was amazing. And I was about to say wing awareness, but I I I I sort of interrupted it. I think I need a drink. Mm. There we go. We'll be back in business now. We'll talk about all this wing awareness that all these guys have. Back in the ring, uh, Alexander Cedric Alexander just goes all out and he explodes. He hits a springboard flying clothesline, covers and but only gets two. He hits the neuralizer and Gulak rolls out of the ring. Topicon Hilo by Cedric, who is on fire. Yes, Priscilla, I'll just wing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll just wing it out. Um, Cedric is on is on fire. And honestly, I you know, week after week, I say, you know, Cedric, he's fine in the ring. He but you know, he to me, he just misses a little something. There's 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 a connection. There's a bit of charisma that he's just lacking for a real connection. But tonight, he had a fire lit under him. I thought he he looked really, really good. He had a spark in everything he did. He's hitting a lot of his signature offense, but it's looking good. It's crisp and it, it it's energetic. And But there's crowd reactions, right? And that's probably helping as well. People are chanting for... For, for Cedric Alexander, so that's cool. Drew Gulak hits the dragon sleeper out of nowhere, but Cedric breaks out. Uh, Gulak then body slams uh, Alexander twice. The third time, uh, he goes for a third time, but can't get it done. Drew lariats the hell out of Cedric Alexander. Not a clothesline from hell. He clotheslines the hell out of Cedric Alexander. Covers for two. Cedric battles back, hits a Michinoku driver cover for two or is it a saber driver don't know anymore Cedric then removes his arm pads and he starts chopping the bejeebus out of Drew Gulak's chest Drew Gulak is at this point he's desperate Alexander has had his number this entire time with his uh, with his offense and with this ground offense that Gulak is usually so capable of doing he's so out of sorts people drew is completely out of his mind to try to find a proper strategy to get the upper hand here that drew gulak does the unthinkable 
and walks up to the turnbuckle, climbs to the top rope, and flies off. That's right. Drew Gulak went airborne on uh, September 18th. That was yesterday. Broadcast on September 19th. That was that was the sign right there. If you hadn't been paying attention to the story of the match, that was your main cue right there. Drew Gulak doesn't know what to do anymore, so he has to go against his principles, go against what he believes in to try and get the win. I thought this was a nice bit of storytelling. Thanks to this, though, Drew gets the uh, gets the dragon sleeper on uh, Cedric Alexander, and he's struggling. He tries to get to the bottom rope, but Drew becomes aware of what he's doing, pulls him back. But Cedric Alexander gets him in a fireman's carry, runs into the corner. They stare each other down and start uh, trading some strikes in the middle of the ring, but Alexander hits a very so-so lumbar check for the win. This was so much better than their SummerSlam match, people. And despite the the iffy kind of ending which i didn't think was all that good uh, i don't think the the lumbar the lumbar check looked good it 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 looks you know it, they had to change the angle on the replay to make sure that we didn't quite see that he didn't quite get it all in but it was a fantastic match this was the match we should have got at SummerSlam, but we got it tonight can't complain it's I'm a bit bummed that Drew uh that Drew isn't uh, isn't uh isn't champion. He'll time his time will come. I think it's inevitable. But I was actually thinking, I was positing, I was uh uh, uh reflecting, musing before the show started. And I was like, well, you know what? If you're if we're going into if the cruiserweight title is going to be de- defended in Australia and Buddy Murphy's going to challenge for it. Buddy Murphy, despite the fact that he's a heel on the show, there's no way he's going to be booed in his home country, right? So do you send uh, uh, basic babyface Cedric Alexander to the Wolves like that to be chewed out of the arena? Or do you have Alexander drop the title to a legit heel who can work the heel style, who can get heat from the audience, and then for that one night help put uh, Buddy Murphy over as a babyface in front of the home crowd and take the title. I was like, that would actually be some pretty smart booking, but no, I feel like Cedric Alexander is going to have. Um, I, I think this match is going to be booked weirdly. It's going to be book, booked weirdly, but we'll see. I'm still very happy that uh, that this match is happening in Australia, and I can only hope that the age of Al- the age of Alexander ends. So that was 205 Live. Let's move on to NXT. And by the way, guys, gals, if you're watching this live right now, go right ahead and why don't you just uh, share this out to the world? Because like I said, this is a free preview of FightfulSelect.com's NXT 205 Live May Young Classic Recap. So there's no there's no reason to be to keep this secret. Let's put it out there. Give it a thumbs up. Share the links on all your social medias. Call your friend. Tell your mom. It's It doesn't matter that it's 1030 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Call your mom. Let her know. Say, Mom, there's this guy. Let's move on to NXT, which started tonight with a 
tag team match in the women's division, Dakota Kai and Deanna Perrazzo versus Lacey Evans and Leah. This match is happening because of a, of a hotel lobby confrontation that occurred last week. So now we have to settle this in the ring. Um, we have some, uh, we get some grappling from Perrazzo at the, from, uh, from the get-go, uh, against, uh, Lacey Evans, who, who counters pretty adequately. Um, Perrazzo does her, well, does the, the headstand thing to escape the head scissors. Uh, Perrazzo dodges the women's right and, uh, they're back to grappling. Evans even tries to wriggle out of head scissors that Perrazzo has on her with her own headstand, but Perrazzo just like pushes her down. And now this is what I'm going to, ex- and now from this point forward, every time Perrazzo is going to do this, that's what I'm going to expect other people to do. Just like, no, stay down, just push her down. Since it's it's such an easy counter, apparently. Perrazzo uh, reverses a tilt-a-whirl. See, I think it was a tilt-a-whirl. There were a lot of tilty, tilty-whirly moves. Perrazzo reverses a tilt-a-whirl into, uh, in, or at least attempts uh, to reverse it into the Fujiwara arm bar. But Lacey Evans gets back in control. And Perrazzo is uh, your babyface in peril for most of the match. Uh, we even have Dakota Kai distracting the ref uh, as the heels keep double teaming up on her. Um, uh, you know what? I like uh, Aaliyah's mannerisms in the ring. Like, I think she has, as it stands right now, I think she has a great heel attitude to what she does. I think she gets the idea of how to get heat and how to act as a heel in the ring. I think it's very comes very naturally to her. Looks good. She she needs a lot of polish yet as far as her ring. Uh, ability goes but i think there's uh there's definitely a good foundation here there's some uh there's some basics that she already understands as far as character development ring uh ring presence ring persona uh, a lot of things that she's uh that she's improved and uh that she has down eventually dakota kai gets the hot tag and goes in striking uh she uh she unleashes kicks on Leah with uh, and also hits the corner running kit kicks goes for a cover but Lacey Evans breaks up the pin match ends when Lacey Evans hits the women's right on Dakota Kai for the win punches at finish as finishers man you know what man woman I'm not a fan I don't not I'm it's not as bad as let's say bear hugs and butterfly locks but um but punches as as finishers are the most unconvincing thing and you just have to think back to big show when his thing was was the wmd the his his knockout punch It, it just sort of comes out of nowhere and it's very like you know, I'm bringing my fist to your face and it lacks. I understand that if Big Show were to wind up and crock me in the middle of the bridge of my nose, I would go down like a sack of potatoes. That's fine. I get it. But, you know, this is sports entertainment. You know, a punch doesn't do it for me. 
it's it's not thrilling. Uh, I think Lacey has to, if she wants to keep it. Uh, if if Lacey wants to keep it, she has to put a little something into it. She has to give it a little a little spice, a little oomph. She needs a little to quote Ronda Rousey, a little gumption. To it. So yeah, uh, I, but I still like Lacey Evans tremendously. She's one of the most improved um wrestlers that uh in the uh, on NXT in the past year and her character is is taking on its own life now i think she she's comfortable with with what she's doing i like it i like it a lot we have a quick velveteen dream interview backstage with the dream talks about defeating johnny failure and uh, then people uh the the journalists the journalists start asking him uh, about the Aleister Black mystery. And he says, uh, you have the opportunity to, to, uh, to, to interview the dream. And you discuss, you want to discuss people who aren't the dream. Then he sort of walks off. That's fine. Then we get a Street Profits spontaneous interview talking about what happened last week when uh, TM61, uh, the mighty. Um, it's funny that I still call them TM61 when, you know, all the time that they were actually called Tim Six One, I was like, "Why do they call them this? Why don't they call them the Mighty? Uh, the Mighty Don't Kneel, which was their name before they went to NXT, and now that now that they're called the Mighty, not the whole name, but the Mighty, I keep calling them TM Six One. Anyway, they recalled what what happened last week when the Mighty stole their their chains, you know, and um, Montez Ford." basically saying you know the chains are the symbols of the struggle to success they're not just chains i don't know i'd want to the street profits thing comes off as a little stereotypical right i don't know i don't know it it feels like they're playing off of cliches i wouldn't want to call it racist i wouldn't go that far i don't think it's racist i think it's uh, I think they're propagating stereotypes a little too much here. I don't know what to think of it. You know, they come off off of a basketball court, and that's what they do. But I mean, it. Like I said, I don't think it's racist. I just think you know, they, I think they could be doing something more interesting, especially with a guy with Mont, like with a guy like Montez Ford, could be doing something a little more interesting than playing on these uh, these preconceived notions that a lot of people have about. African Americans, um, um, and Sammy in the chat. You know, you're right. It is it is right. He says it's an old gimmick from the past. It's the WWE has a difficulties being original. Yes, I know we've seen it a million times, but that's it. It's in the past. We could be moving forward. We could be trying something else, couldn't we? I think we could. Uh, they recapped the match last week, but uh, that happened between uh, Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross. Bianca Belair gave a bit of a weird interview, I thought, where she says, you know, uh, you know every time I'm, I'll be in the ring with Nikki Cross, I'm going to bring it. You know, And it didn't feel like a heel interview or comment. It just felt very, like, box standard. Anyway. Humberto Carrillo. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo, came out to the ring. He's also known in certain Mexican circles as Ultimo Ninja. He's uh, his uncle is uh, well, like uh, commentary mentioned, his uh, uncle is Hector Garza. So I mean, this guy comes in with the pedigree. He's wrestled in uh, in Mexico in the among other places in the Crash promotion. Um, so yeah, so he's there. He comes out uh, to face Jackson Riker from the uh, Forgotten Sons, or as I like to personally call them, Sanity Two. Might be a little mean, right? Like we haven't seen. We we should give these guys time to develop. I'm actually glad that the this trio, these three guys, are having are are having a moment where they're being pushed. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a jerk here. But as it stands, as it stands, you know, they're a trio. They're three guys. They sort of dress like uh, bikery, semi post apocalyptic, like that 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 thing that they did last week. The little vignette that they had where it looked like they were looking for water after the zombie apocalypse. I don't know, man. But, I mean, these are... I, I, I don't want to take anything away. I'm glad that these guys are getting the push. They've been in NXT for a while. Um, this was basically a showcase match for Jackson Riker, who was, was kind of s- slow, but, you know, showed off his power offense, I guess. There was nothing really spectacular about the match. Uh, Carrillo at some point goes for a springboard crossbody, but gets clocked right in the right in the face by Riker uh, as he's flying through the air, and it ends with a slingshot power bomb by good old Jackson. Not much to say here. This was uh, was what it was. Uh, hopefully, hopefully with a little more meat on the bones, um, Jackson Riker will will shine a little more. Backstage, Lord Stephen Regal is interviewing Candice LeRae. She says, you know, she was sitting with Kyrie and Ono. He does, doesn't know what to say. You know, these guys are all cool, but we all know. You guys know. Everyone everyone who's been following me, either on Twitter or right here, you all know. Cassius Ono's not all right. He's, he's the guiltiest man alive. He's the man who took out Aleister Black. If, if you're a betting man or woman, don't believe the Johnny uh, Johnny Gargano red herring that they just pulled out tonight. That'll just that'll just take you off the scent, folks. Cassisono's the man you can believe that. Um, Candice basically, you know, uh, tells William Regal that you know, look, think about it, think about it. It was a cowardly attack, uh, complete dis- disregard for authority. Uh, attempting to ruin someone's life. Who do you think it is? Steve. Um, But Regal says, you know, uh, I talked to Tommaso Ciampa and he's not a suspect. But, you know, tell me, chat me out about about your husband, Candice. You know, uh, he's been in an an odd frame of mind recently. What's going on? You know, Candice says, um, oh, he... He told me, you know, just sit tight. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna go shower. I'm gonna do a thing, and I'll be back. So, oh, see, that's what that's what you call a red herring in 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 crime writing, folks. It's not Johnny Gargano. 
he hasn't gone off the deep end that much. It's Cassius Ono. We get a Keith Lee vignette that makes use of the word limitless quite a bit. And then it's announced that we're getting Otis Dozovic against Tommaso Ciampa next week off the heels of Otis calling Tommaso Ciampa tomato chips last week. Because that was funny. (laughs) Main event. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to wipe myself down before we start. Get any excess sweat off. Pete Dunne, United Kingdom champion versus Ricochet, North American champion. It's a clash. It's a clash of continents. It's the battle. It's an overseas battle. It's a fight for supremacy. It's the colony versus the empire. Mexico wasn't always, but anyway, okay. You get it. Title for title, folks. We get some chain wrestling to start. Ricochet tries to roll through uh, Pete Dunne's body manipulation, but uh, uh, Dunne's having none of it. He's like, no, sir, you stay down. Ricochet reverses uh, into a twist. He uh, grapevines the leg. He uh, gets Dunne into a chin lock as he does it. Uh, he goes to a, to a ground game, uh, which was, which is really good actually, because, um, because it's a great way for Ricochet to familiarize the WWE universe with, uh, with, with what he can do as far as grappling goes. Cause you know that Ricochet's normal style, his normal style, what he usually does, you know, his high-flying maneuvers, he won't be able to do that forever. He is going to have to occasionally transition into stuff like this. So he might as well do it while he's still healthy, while he can uh, while he can still perform and do the high-flying, crazy, death, uh, gravity-defying, not necessarily death-defying, but sometimes they are death-defying, de- death but I was actually looking for gravity-defying moves, while he still can, and then add in some of these more ground-based techniques. I think it's a, it's, it's a smart play. It'll get us used to it so that we don't, so that he doesn't turn 40. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, well, why isn't he doing his flips anymore? Why is he suddenly become a math technician? Well, he's already establishing himself as a math, math, uh, math technician or a Mac technician where he, you know, which basically would mean that he'd work on, Semi trucks repairing them. See a Mac truck, Mac technician. That's my brain, folks. That's kind of how it works. Um, so there's a lot of grappling and reversals between them both. Done surfboards Ricochet, who powers out of it, flips around and covers, but only gets a one on the Pete, the Dunn. More back and forth, but Ricochet is selling the left arm that Dunn had been working on. Um, Ricochet starts some flips. He does a Rana followed by a drop kick. Suicide dive to Dunn on the outside. That was really cool. Back in the ring, Dunn catches Ricochet's Rana attempt, grabs his leg, and towing ankles the hell out of it, and then kicks him back down to the mat. 
Dunn goes back to keeping Ricochet down with some more body manipulation. He goes for the finger splitting, and that he was. I Dunn was particularly enjoying the uh, the, the 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 finger twists tonight. I thought that was. I, I thought he had a. He was taking particularly good, uh, taking particular uh, particular amounts of pleasure in doing it tonight. And I've said this once. I've said it again. What a time again. I'll be, I'll <clears throat> I think it's time for a drink. I said this once and I'll say it again. What a time to be alive when an audience pops because a wrestler starts twisting another guy's fingers around. Man, there's something for everyone these days in wrestling. It is fantastic. Ricochet gets fired up. He hits a springboard reverse elbow, which was really, really pretty. Cover for two. A quick series of dodges. Ricochet escapes from a suplex, lands on his feet. Then hits the running, standing, shooting star press, covers, and only gets two. Dunn catches Ricochet uh, in a leg bar completely out of nowhere, but Ricochet escapes uh, due to a pin attempt that he that he tried to get in here. Um, Ricochet misses the standing moonsault, stomping to, and then he uh, Pete Dunn start, uh, stomps his left arm onto the ground. Uh, knee to the face allows Ricochet to hit another springboard, but this time Dunn knocks him out of the sky and into the next plane of existence with a tremendous, tremendous elbow. He hits a next flex cover for two, tries to go for the bitter end, but can't get it done. Ricochet hits a German. Dunn lands on his feet, kick to the back of the head. Oh man, I'm I'm getting all sweaty just talking about it. Ricochet does a running jump. Uh, uh, a running jump up moonsault off of the post. He's on the apron. Dunn is on the outside. He jumps up and he pushes himself off the apron, uh, off the off the post. But he misses, and basically, um, and, and then P. Dunn grabs him into the Xplex, hits it on the apron, and Percy tells us it's the hardest part of the ring, so it has to be true. Back in the ring, Ricochet hits a reverse Rana cover for two. Doesn't work. They trade some more strikes until Ricochet floats into a tornado DDT. Covers for two again. It's getting heat and getting heated up here. We get some top rope shenanigans that lead to Ricochet hitting a fantastic Avalanche Frankensteiner. Folks, folks, we were blessed tonight. Axe kick, face buster, cover, Dunn kicks out at two. The audience is on their feet, and with reason. Ricochet launches himself into a submission, um, and he uh, launches himself, sorry, he launches himself, but Pete Dunn grabs him, clasps onto him into a submission, but Ricochet lifts him up into a power power bomb, but Dunn keeps at the fingers, ties him up, Ricochet almost taps, but powers up into a brain buster, and that was spectacular. This kid is strong, man. And here come then, match comes to an end when the uh, Undisputed Era come in to beat up on everyone, followed by the War Raiders, War Machine, who run down to the ring to chase the Undisputed Era, uh, Era away. So there's no clear winner. Both men retain. You can tell. That there is still tension between the two. This situation is not over. But what a fantastic, fantastic.
fantastic match. You know, I kind of a match of the year candidate, but I think the ending probably would spoil it for a lot of people because it was a non-finish, non-committal because of the, uh, the interference. But, oh, man, don't let that deter you if you haven't seen the match. This is the kind of uh, this is the kind of uh, match where you just you just take some time out of your day. You 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 put the you put your your phone down. You grab yourself a nice tasty beverage and you just go out of your way to watch it. It's fantastic. May Young Classic, third episode. Commentary told us that we are halfway through. The uh, the first round, the uh, first elimination round. Um, I last week uh, wasn't as good as uh, as the first week. You know, I thought Deanna Perazzo versus Priscilla Kelly was really good. I thought that was a good match. I enjoyed Katie Car- Carazaro and uh, Reina Gonzalez. I thought that was fine. I thought Ariel Monroe and Zuexis was. Iffy, I thought it was slow. And Mercedes Martinez versus Ashley Rain, Madison Rain, whatever you want to call her, um, I didn't care for. But like I said last week, and I prefaced it, I'm not a Madison Rain fan. Respect to every for everything that she's done in the business. But uh listen, if uh if you if you're in the ring with a solid, solid hand like Mercedes Martinez, an experienced wrestler, a, a true-to-form ring general, and you're still able to suck the life out of a match? Yeah, something something not quite right. But hopefully, well, actually, tonight was actually pretty good. I was going to say hopefully it's pretty good, but I've, I've watched it already, and it was pretty good. Uh, it was a was a good evening. Started off with uh, Caitlin, the returning Caitlin versus Kavita Devi. These are two women who have grown within WWE. Kavita uh, Devi, who is uh, who was signed to a developmental deal, she was. A, they mentioned it a couple of times on the program as well. She was in the tournament, the May Young tournament last year. She lost to Dakota Kai. She was in the Women's Royal Rumble as well. Caitlin. Uh, former Divas champion, she uh, and she, former Divas champion, and the first and only winner of the all women's NXT tournament back in 2010, though that's quite a while back, you know, in an, in an other incarnation of NXT. Uh, but still, uh, head up, she headed up to uh, to main roster, became Divas champ. She asked for a release in 2014 after a feud with uh, AJ Lee, and she thought she was done. Wrestled, uh, wrestled on the indies. She she wrestled a match uh, against uh, Rachel Ellering this year, if I'm not mistaken. And now she's uh, in the May Young tournament, so good for her. Um, nothing, you know. This was a fine match, uh, you know. Nothing, uh, nothing uh, extraordinary, but very much a showcase for Caitlin. You know they have some strength challenges to start D- diving clotheslines and uh, from Caitlin and she does three leg drops on um, on uh, Devi and covers for two. Uh, Devi comes back with a backbreaker over the knee, then slams Caitlin right onto the mat, covers her, only gets two as well. 
Caitlin hit some strikes that uh, Debbie no sells, but it takes uh, a shoulder tackle to take the uh, the bigger Indian woman down. Caitlin goes for a cannonball in the corner and hits a spear for the end. Wasn't a great spear, but man, you know what? People think that a spear is easy to pull off. And, you know, maybe our good friend Sean Ross Sapp could, could tell us just how easy it is to pull off or not. But honestly, it may be simple enough enough to pull off, but it's kind of hard to make it look good. That's why there's so many, so many people who do spears and you're like, mm, you shouldn't do spears anymore. I mean, I'm I'm not criticizing Caitlin here for, for doing a spear. And it's like, never do it again. But I mean, it was kind of iffy. But it was good to see her again. And she looks good. And she had great fire. I think she she wants to make this work. Uh, I am ready for for more for more Caitlyn wherever she decides to go, WWE or elsewhere. That was a, that was a, a good little showcase match for Caitlyn. Um, didn't see much out of Devi, but you sort of have the impression that she still needs more work and developmental, which is fine. It's it's not even a crack. You know, it's fine. And sometimes we have a tendency to forget that NXT, its main purpose is to get people ready for main roster, right? So it, it we forget that it's developmental. That's its first. Uh, that's its first. It's its first purpose. Uh, and we tend to forget that because um, because of all the big indie stars that they're signing that they have been signing over the past few years, you know, going back to Finn Balor and Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, Sammy, uh, then the women on top of that, they create such quality matches with these wrestlers who are already seasoned, who already know how to work a crowd and have incredible talent that we forget that when we get folks like Aaliyah or like, um, uh, or like uh, uh, Kavita Devi, like, oh man, okay, these these people aren't ready. No, they're not. They're definitely not. But that's what NXT is for, and it's meant it's meant for them to grow. So as long as we can see them progress, 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 it will. Uh, that's that's what makes it worthwhile. That's also why we watch NXT. That's all anyway for me. But we have a tendency to forget sometimes that you know NXT is not just a promotion, another brand, it's also, it also has a very, very profound impact on, uh, on how wrestlers are developed for WWE. Next, we have an NXT UK fight. Ginny, or as she's also known as Ginny Couture versus Tony Storm. And you know what? I, I know WWE aren't fans of last names, but Ginny just out, just hanging there, just all by itself as as a wrestling name. Ginny, it just feel it just hangs there. It has it. It feels like there's something else that should come after. You know, Ginny, Ginny what? Ginny who? And Ginny Couture has such a. It's a play on words to begin with, and it has a fantastic ring to it. I don't know why they didn't keep it, especially since. Apparently, she's going to be main, maintaining the uh, the fashionista gimmick that she's been working uh, in progress. 
and Pro Wrestling Eve and Rev Pro. She does all the big indie scene in the UK. And she's part of NXT uh, UK now as well. Tony Storm, well, uh, there's not much I can really add to what has already been said about her. She's one of the best-known independent women wrestlers in the world. Uh, is she still an indie, though, if she's signed with uh, NXT UK? I don't know what the... But, yeah, I mean, Tony Storm is Tony Storm. And I think this is one of the... Um, and uh, let's and uh, I think they made a mention of it as well in commentary that Tony Storm lost in the semifinals last year against Kyrie Sane, and this uh, it was one of the most legendary matches of last year. So if you haven't watched uh, the May Young Classic last year, well, do yourself a favor and at least watch uh, Sane versus Storm last year. That was amazing. Um, so I was saying that, you know, Tony Storm, she's well known. She's well known to the, to the audience. Uh, you know, people, people like her already. We know she's talented. So the match here was mostly purposed to put Ginny, Ginny who? Ginny, Ginny Couture over, um, because, uh, there's a lot, uh, she has a lot of offense in this match, um, she does a lot of arm locks to begin with until Tony Storm explodes with some strikes, knee in the corner, but Ginny reverses and face crushes Storm into the corner, into the turnbuckle, and commentary was going, oh, man, she broke her nose, but yeah, it, that looked harsh. It, it, she landed, like, straight on her, uh, straight on her schnoz. Schnoz. Snap suplex by Ginny, a nice, uh, nice little snappy suplex there. Goes for a cover, but only gets two. She does a nice Japanese arm drag right into the corner. Commentary loses their minds over it. But when I say commentary, I mean like Michael Cole and Renee Young have been, what a maneuver. What did she just do there in the corner? Guys, that was, wow, what was that? And then when they sort of calm down a little, Beth Phoenix goes, yeah, that was really nice. That was a, a really nice Japanese arm drag in the corner. I was like, thank you, Beth, for just like, bringing it down a notch it's like yeah i don't know that's fine <laughs> um uh jenny does a, a a submission in the middle of the ring like a some kind of stretch and i know there's a name for it i and it's it's just it's completely i'm drawing a blank on the back she's pulling she's got the legs tied up she's pulling on the arms uh and then she, she then she starts kicking her with with the back of her heel and i like that i like it when wrestlers sort of give up on their submissions at some point when they realize that it's not working and they try something else instead of just holding on for dear life or waiting for the for their opponent to reach out and 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 break the hole by grabbing the ropes or something you know that's where at some point you're just like okay well i've put you in this for like 60 seconds and it's not working I am just gonna crack my heel on your skull until you uh, until you die, or maybe not death, fake death, phony death, wrestling death. Uh, eventually, Storm starts fighting back. She hits a severe German suplex on Ginny, hits the Storm Zero for the win. Like I said, it was a great showing by Ginny Couture. Get us hype for uh, NXT UK. I don't think it was any surprise that Tony Storm is moving on here. 
Probably my favorite match this evening, Karen Q versus uh, Zia Lee. Um, uh, that, this was great. Uh, Lee's been in uh, WWE developmental. Um, and and at some point, I was like, oh, man. Oh, my goodness. When they were doing the uh, the little vignettes, the pre-match vignettes, and, she, you know, she's, she's talking a bit in English. Then she switched to a portion in Japanese. and uh, Not Chinese, uh, Chinese, excuse me. And it's subtitled. And then she comes back and she says, I am spicy and you will feel the heat of Shia Lee. And I'm like, oh, that is such a WWE fed line. She didn't come up with that. Someone else said, Hey, why don't you finish your, your, your interview by saying I'm spicy, you know, like, like Szechuan, right? You, you, you like Szechuan. Szechuan is spicy. You're like Szechuan, right? China. Like, oh my God. She lost, she was in the Mayon Classic last year. She lost in the first round to uh, uh, Mercedes Martinez in like three minutes. Not this year, folks. She went up against Karen Q. Uh, Karen Q has been doing this for a while. She worked in Ring of Honor, Rise, Shimmer. She even worked a match in, in Impact. Uh, she's a good, strong striker. Both of them are good, strong strikers. Martial arts backgrounds. There's a lot of posturing at first. Gets the crowd excited. Um, and uh, you know they do a little little s- s- salute, respect. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the what the term is, um, but um, but then Q, you know, she becomes very disingenuous and slaps Lee in the face. That pisses Lee off, and she goes after her with a flurry of strikes in the corner. Rafe bra- breaks it up, but that uh, distracts Lee, and Q comes after her with a kick. No respect here. Um, Q is pretty much in 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 uh, control. For uh, is pretty much in control for a large portion of the match. Uh, she has a big kick, nice strong suplex. Uh, Q does, and she covers uh, Lee for two. Goes for a Boston Crab. Leah blocks it. Uh, Lee, Leah, Gia blocks it, <laughs> and uh, and um, Q rolls out, stays up on her feet. She somersaults, roll. She somersaults through it and uh, kicks Lee in the face. Gets a full Nelson slam. Uh, Lee starts coming back with some kicks. Super kick, spinning heel kick, cover for it, only gets two. Q misses a split, a split-legged frog splash, and that allows Lee to get her flipping kick in for the win. That was a nice, hard-hitting match. It was short, but it was brutal enough. I liked it. Our main event tonight is a uh, is Allison K, also known as Sienna. Versus Mia Yim. These are girls with women who have wrestled all over the place. Gets uh, and um, they know each other well. I mean, they even you know they, they this gets heated from the from the start. There's a lot of ground and pound, a lot of uh, pent up frustration in history here that was actually covered briefly documented before the mit- the match starts. Uh, Kay tosses Yim into the ropes. She does a she does a tranquilo pose, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, and uh, it gets Kay, uh, but um, Kay goes after her. But, you know, she uses it as a leverage to send Kay out to the outside. Yim um, back goes back. They both, get, go, they both get back into the ring. Yim goes for some ground and pound. Kay hits a huge tackle on Yim. And that takes them to the outside again. Uh, even, uh, also, Yim hits a... Kind of a weak sauce suicide draw dive, 
It was okay. Um, Kay crushes her hand. Um, not Kay, Yim crushes her hand against the ring post when Kay dodges a chop and the noise was spectacular. You know, Sean points out that only in WWE can, can ring posts make those kind of noises because of the LED, uh, because of the LEDs that they have around them. Um, this was a good match though. There was a lot of back and forth. Um, and with, uh, with Kay being in control for a good part of the match, um, towards the end, they start trash talking. They trade some strikes. They both end up flat on the mat. Um, Yim battles back though with a series of drop kicks, goes up top, hits a missile drop kick, hits a missile drop kick, covers for two. Then Yim reverses, I think was, was going supposed to be an Alabama slam, I think. And she reverses it into a really nice sunset powerbomb. Kay hits her big D discus clothesline finisher. That'll never fly in WWE for long if she keeps that. Uh, they dodge some kicks, but then kick each other, go down to the mat. There's some top rope shenanigans that lead into Yim hitting the soul food on Kay. This is a good match. Yim moves on. I think everyone who had to move on here is moving on. Good, strong evening of wrestling on the May Young Classic. Much, much better than last week, for sure. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we are going to wrap up this edition of the NXT 205 Live May Young Classic recap on FightfulSelect.com. If you liked what you saw, well, guess what? There's even better things to see on FightfulSelect.com. Just for $5 a month, go check it out. Support it. You'll be uh, supporting Fightful.com. Not just me, everyone who works on the site. It's fantastic. Get all sorts of content. Take the time to go check it out. You can also check me out at tinyurl.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I do that on my own. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Guys, thank you so much for joining me in the chat or whenever you decide to watch this. And I will see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.